Good evening, everybody. I'm Mark. And I'm Bruton. And today we're going to talk about a movie which I don't think anybody has ever talked about before. I think it was kind of swept under the rug after it was released. And that movie is Osmosis Jones. Yes. And, uh... Well, we'll get into all the uh, the different things. I think it's from... Uh, 2000 or at least that era yeah late and, 90s or, or very very early 2000s and you can kind of tell but um we'll get into that first so let's get started and you can give us a brief 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 overview uh the film is a buddy cop film taking place in the uh immune system Yes. Uh, osmosis jones being uh you know played by chris rock is the is a cop Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, busting, busting germs and bad guys and stuff like that. And, and there's uh, different trips to different parts of the bodies where you see different characters and stuff like that. Yeah, he's a white blood cell, and that's basically his job is to to stop these uh, germs from taking over Frank, who was played by Bill Murray. Unfortunately, well, uh, it was good. Yeah, well, it's Bill Murray circa Space Jam, <laughs> but uh, it, it's. Yeah, yeah, and uh, his partner is a a I guess a flu pill, mm-hmm. and uh, he has like grenades and lo- rocket launchers and other gadgets. Played by uh, what's what's his David name? Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce. He's just an over-the-counter um, like cold medication kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, he has very limited range of what he can do. Um, but he does it well. Yeah, and, he has like a freeze ray. Yeah, and uh, that's and it stops inflammation and things like that. Yeah. And the point of the movie is to stop, or the point of this adventure is to stop uh, Thrax, played by Lawrence Fishburne. Yep. Who wants to basically infect and kill uh, Frank? It's a very it's a it's a very star studded film. It has. Uh, Chris Rock, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, who who is who played the girl again? Uh, Brandy. Yeah, Brandy. We have the Shat. Uh, yeah, Shatner, yeah, and then some famous voice actors like Jim Cummings and uh, Maurice Lamarche. Yeah, yeah, I think we we're pretty sure we heard Maurice Lamarche in there. That Kid Rock. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. he was the worst part of the yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of talent went into this movie, and uh, I know it bombed in the box office. But it, it was it was not a bad film. Yeah, I think that it was unfairly uh, panned by critics and audiences because I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah, it, it, you know, it wasn't bad. It uh, you know clearly made for children. Yeah. Uh, but you know enough in it to keep the adult the adults interested. Like if I was a you know a young enough child around that era because I think it was yeah I think it was like two thousand and. Um, And if I was maybe five or six around that time, I could see this being one of those movies that I'd put in again and again. You think so? Yeah, because, you know, again, like the animation was bright, colorful, and I'm I'm fascinated by uh, movies that take place like in the human body. Oh, yeah. Like like inner space. Inner (laughs) space. Uh, I was going to say, what was it, The Fantastic Voyage? Yeah, but I've never seen that. <laughs> Interspace is a good movie. We, what are you going to get Interspace? Is Martin Short in it as the body? Yeah, Martin Short's the body, and then um, one of the uh, uh, one of the Quades is in it as yeah. the, the hero. But I like that movie. It's and, a lot of fun. And who played, uh, what was that other movie with uh, with Bishop? 
Oh, um, oh gosh, antibody. I think antibody. It was uh, with uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah, Lance Hendrickson. Lance Hendrickson. And you know what? Even though that movie was bad, and I enjoyed it for its badness, I yeah. still was fascinated enough to be like, "Ooh, a movie that takes place in a human body. I will take it out, uh, take a look at it, and judge it accordingly." And it's a bad movie, but it's a good bad movie. Like I, I recommend Antibody, and I recommend this movie. Yeah, it, not bad. But um, how how would we write it? Because I was thinking about that the entire time um, that we were going through, and um, like we can go back and do some of the like little bits and scenes that we want to talk about, uh -huh. uh, like as we go along. But I do want to talk about how at least uh, we would write it, or at least my right. pitch of how we would write it. So if, if I were if I were writing this film. Uh, it would not be the body of Bill Murray they would be going into. It would be the body of Keith Richards. Oh, gosh. And, uh, you know, Keith Richards is somehow still alive. Well, he is uh, still alive. Yeah, somehow. Like, he's been, you know, he's been drugged out of his mind. And, and like, he's not, he's even not really that much of a burnout like, uh, as much as he should be. Like, I really think that he said the wrong thing to the wrong person and got cursed back in the 70s. Like, yeah. And he's like, you know, like, instead of thinner, you know, where he's getting thinner, like, yeah. immortal. And he's like, oh, we'll see about that. But, but he still ages. Yeah, he still ages, but, like, you know, he's trying all he can to, uh, like, all right, let's see, let's test the limits of this immortal thing. It's like, really? Six tons of cocaine at once that <laughs> I can survive? Huh. And, uh, and I imagine Osmosis Jones in this film is, is more of a, it's less of a, uh, less of a, we gotta stop this virus as much as it is, like, uncovering a big conspiracy. Like, uh, he, he, he finds a secret room where he s sees the, uh, you know, just a bunch of stem cells from orphans. <laughs> like, I would have had it be he's the last white blood cell as opposed uh. to... Um, <laughs> as opposed to that. Like, he's doing all he can to stop this. Yeah. And he's he's so overworked. Like, he works 30-hour shifts, and it's only a 24-hour day. Oh. Yeah, so, so it's like... It, so uh, you know, it's so Osmosis Jones is just the last lone blood, uh, white blood cell, but he's like a badass. Yeah, he is. He is. He's become so inured to violence and everything that he's yeah. just jaded by it. And you know, he he's just like it, it, it's not even it's not even a contest. It, like it, it, like he'll take out the germs. Like this in this in the original movie, it's like there was a you know symbiosis between the uh, the germs and the. Uh, and the and the and the the police like oh, they'll okay. the police will look the other way you know type deal. Yeah, uh, in this thing, it's it is a police state. <laughs> it, it, they they live in the demolition man world, and or or Judge Dread, and uh, like like this guy will take out anything that looks like a germ, even healthy cells. Now. I guess we can do it with yours, but the one mage, mage, I, I, don't, I don't have time to say major, so the yeah. one mage difference I would do uh -huh. um, between this movie and how I would write the movie, at least yeah. the original Osmosis versus my Osmosis Jones, um, would be, and it's very simple, uh, Drax, the, uh, or Drix rather, yeah. the, uh, the, the, uh, the pill, he, since he is a time release capsule and all this stuff, like, he only has a limited amount of time before he just up and vanishes. Okay. Like, 
he has 12 hours to solve this case kind of thing. And, and I'm guessing you're making him the main, the main character? No, no, he can still be the, uh, the buddy of the buddy cop, but, um, like, yeah. his time is most certainly limited. Like, you know. his, his retirement's always coming up yeah. in, the, in the film. But, like, you know, he actually gets expelled at the end yeah. because he's, you know, he's just a capsule. So, like, when um, Chris Rock is taking these detours, or I'm sorry, Osmosis Jones is taking these detours to go to... Uh, like the donut shop. Yeah, or, like, you know, the kidney and things like that. Yeah. Like, it really is... Like, you know, like... Yeah, uh, it's costing uh, him time. Yeah, it's like, I do literally do not have time for this. Like, <laughs> we really have to hurry up. And, you know, and of course, it's like a last minute thing. And he, yeah. you know, he helps save the day against uh, Thrax. And, you know, it's a nice tearful goodbye scene as he disappears and everything like that. And then, at the very end, he, you know, uh, Bill Murray takes another, you know, pill to help him feel better. And, like... It's almost like getting a new Buzz Lightyear, you know, yeah. where you have to teach him everything all over again. Oh, that's frustrating. Yeah, and it's like, here we go again, and yeah, that's it. And I, I know this is a little bit dark, but okay. uh, but I, I like I imagine Bill Murray or whomever, uh, who do we say, Keith Richards, like he gets really sick, but he can afford the experimental drugs. Oh no, <laughs> and. Like the experimental drugs just really you know, wreck havoc, and it's Russian. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, off-brand from the Soviet <laughs> Union. <laughs> so did someone order a cure, and they just just like, light the place like, up? Uh, like, uh, I'm glad I have some help, but uh, like, I, I really don't know what you're gonna do with. Oh. Oh my. <laughs> like, it, it, they just start clearing house. And the kidney is uh, all the worse for it. There's holes and <laughs> things are damaged. Like the stones get loose. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. We don't make omelet. We eat egg raw. Okay, okay. Like, I don't know fine. how to interpret this in this universe. <laughs> now... Um, going back to the movie, you know, again, not written by us, just in general. There yeah. are some things I do want to spotlight as I thought were really well done. Yeah. Um, for instance, I did. I actually really liked the bad guy. I thought that he was... Uh, there were some things I wish he was more uh, intimidating as, but I thought that for the most part, he was a very intimidating and interesting kind of bad guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Singly, singular purpose kind of bad guy, and I liked that. Like, he is a force as opposed to uh, anything else. The only thing that I would change in his character, or at least mm -hmm. in uh, what they do, is when um, when David Hyde Pierce, I'm sorry, the pill, uh, yeah. when he lights off the grenade and blows up, like, the whole thing and encases it in that uh, that that frozen kind like, of thing. Like, the whole, the whole city is frozen from this one grenade. Yeah, when that happens, I would have, uh, and, like, what happens in the movie is the... Uh, uh, Thrax is just like kind of hanging on to like uh, something from the ceiling to kind of survive it. Yeah. I wouldn't have that. I would have that the thing goes off and he just kind of walks out of it and like dusts himself as it like the pill had no effect on him really. Or uh, it, I would almost have it like a laser blast. Like he, he like uh, instead of a grenade, like he puts the grenade in his uh, Mega Man Buster. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and shoots it off and it's just like it's a huge. Exp 
like a super it's almost like it's such a big laser it's almost anime okay and uh yeah the the thrax has this one finger i think it's like is it his middle finger is that that'd be funny but like he has an extended finger uh that you know he pierces everything and it infects and like i imagine he shoots the the cold beam laser and he just pierces the laser and it just uh goes around goes him. around him yeah and i think and everything uh everything is solved in like the little city they escape which is what they wanted to do yeah um but uh like yeah he clearly gets away with it and gets out of it and again that it would be something very little yeah but instead of him hiding and scurrying if he just showed how badass he was it uh it would be like, wow, this guy is a, like, legitimately badass villain, you know? Yeah, he's a he's a powerful, right, powerful virus, and and uh, did like I'm guessing because uh his name is Thrax, so he's like a either Anthrax or a mutation of. I actually read uh, on IMDb, and I'm positive I read it this time. Okay. Uh, on IMDb, uh, that he even though they don't give an exact um, sickness for him. Yeah. Um, that he is likely an evolved or weaponized strain of Scarlet Fever. Okay. Which, huh. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Because they call him. I know they call him the Red Death. Yeah. Um, a few times, and I guess that makes sense if you think of it in that thing, or in that uh, that aspect. Um, but another thing I do want to point out that I actually did enjoy about the, uh, did enjoy about this movie yeah. was the um, uh, the character of Jones himself, not the, you know, the Chris Rock wisecracking kind of thing, yeah. but this kind of malleable and uh, like you know semi permanent membranous kind of yeah uh, where he'll he'll mush himself to make a to give himself a disguise yeah. and stuff like that like kind of like a nice T1000 yeah. <laughs> and I was like you know that's kind of a cool um, that's kind of a cool idea for a, a hero you know like a, a, in the Terminator universe like somehow John Connor gotten you know broke into the prototype lab and got a T1000 to send back for kicks well that's what happened at the end of Genesis uh, Arnold becomes a T1000 yeah yeah, but we never explored that. Yeah, I know, but uh, I do like this idea that this the hero is uh, like he can split himself if he wanted to. Like, yeah. At the end, when the fight was uh, like you know like he tries to infect him and he just puts a hole in his stomach. Yeah. So that he can't pierce it and then splits himself to get out. I'm like, that's cool. Like everything they do with that aspect of him was actually really cool. Like yeah, I they really that. did explore that. And I I, I real I, I I like that because it shows that. All right, this guy is like every other white blood cell can probably do the same thing. Yeah. But the fact that the villain is still a threat when you have someone who a hero that can do you know kind of powerful stuff like that where he can split off and do all this you know, like it does make the villain that much uh, more menacing. Mm -hmm. Like if he was just a little um, a little weak sissy lala that <laughs> couldn't do anything. You yeah. Know, he then the villain would be like, oh well. Hey, uh, no, heck with this noise. Yeah, like if the villain came in and, and, and all the white blood cells were just Teletubbies, you know, like you wouldn't find, like, I could beat the Teletubbies, I think, maybe. I don't know. Like, I think there was one missed opportunity uh, this film could have had. Like, it would have been an easy sponsor, and then you could have had them in the film. Uh, Flintstones chewables. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would enjoy that. Like, um, like, here, Dad, take one of these. These are kid vitamins. Yeah, but you need it. Okay. Yabba dabba doo. Time to kick some butt. Yeah, either that or it's, it's like it goes in the stomach, like, 
Oh no, this is this is stomach acid. <laughs> and it's just slowly dissolved. And as his hand goes down, he gives a thumbs up. Oh, of course. And then that's it. Like, okay, back to the plot now. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, interesting. Uh, now back to this plot with this red death trying to kill us. And then, then you know, you can get like some kind of uh, Fred Flintstone putty that uh, joins the group. <laughs> See, I thought when you said like, oh, it'd be an easy sponsor, and yeah, like I thought you were gonna go like, here comes Drano. <laughs> uh, Jesus. I'm like, Bill Murray's having a really bad day, well, I guess. I, you, I think you said it was going to get a little dark, but I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> that that's a little dark. Uh, yeah. I don't think, uh, I don't think Drano, Drano would want to sponsor a suicide. <laughs> Bill Murray doesn't come back from that one. Uh, no. Good luck, kid. You're with Chris Elliott now. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bill. Uncle Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Yeah, oh boy. We're not going to talk about the no, Uncle Bob thing. Yeah, there's several implications. And we don't like any of them. And no. So we're going to go back to the fun part of Osmosis Jones. Please. Um, such as the... Uh, like the I got nothing. No, I was gonna the the Kid Rock cameo because I want to talk about this a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, I know you said at the beginning of this uh, this podcast that it was like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. And I think this movie is a perfect bridge between the gross out humor of the nineties. Yeah. And the uh, the silliness of the early 2000s that we noticed, like uh, especially this kid, this Kid Rock cameo. Yeah, it, it, they were in some club, which turned out to be a, a zit. Yeah, uh, which was gross. It had a gross payoff. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Chris Rock was singing, and uh, or not Chris Rock, uh, Kid <laughs> Rock. Like there's too many rocks. <laughs> and then the Rock shows up for a brief moment. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, he's just, he, it just seemed out of place. And at this time in movies, for some reason, movie makers, I bet it was just one idiot um, yeah. in, in charge of this, but decided that, you know what, people are, are going to want to see cameos by singers in our movies. Yeah. Because, like, in Scooby-Doo, we get a cameo by uh, Sugar Ray. Yeah. Um, in Spider Man, we get yeah. a cameo by Macy Gray. In uh, in uh, the Polar Express, you have Aerosmith. I, I don't know if you're lying or not. I am not. Seen... That is one hundred percent true. <laughs> that is like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like, it's at the end. Like, uh, spoiler alert, folks. Like Santa's Santa goes on his trip, and then all the elves are celebrating and. A group of elves are Aerosmith, and you see a, a <laughs> terrifying Steve Tyler elf in the in the soulless animation type that was a Polar Express. I, I, like I, I I thank you for providing me with this tidbit of information yeah. because that almost sounds like something that is a joke. Like first of all, it could have been Kiss. Kiss it, save Santa. It, that would have been like I would have allowed it if it were Kiss. Like, but the fact that. First of all, you're like, oh, like the Polar Express. I'm like, there's no way he's got a true story for this. And I guess you did. Yeah. But well, the sort of thing is like, what would be the weirdest cameo of a singing group in uh, in the Polar Express that I could mm. think of? I was like, all right, maybe Megadeth. Uh, <laughs> that'd be kind of Yeah, that'd, weird. Be, that'd be weird. Like the, the weirdest. Yeah. Uh, Tiny Tim. Yeah. 
Oh, he was dead by then. Uh, no, his estate wasn't. Hey. <laughs> uh, so, oh, this is going to be a... Uh, uh, Do you have one? Uh, Carol Carpenter. <laughs> or Karen Carpenter? Karen Car yeah, Karen Car uh, Carpenter, rather. I guess she was dead, too, but yeah, again, her estate wasn't. Yeah, if we're going to bring Tiny Tim into this, then I could bring Carol Carpenter. Don't you remember? I mean, she did have a Christmas song. Um, Christmas. Oh, yeah. I forget. It's a I, good I for song. I forget I... what it is, but it's like, it's very sedated. Yeah, and that would be the perfect, I guess, thing for the uh, the tone of the Polar Express, which is, I imagine, again, never seen it, but I imagine it's just you're on a train waiting to get to the North Pole and it's very sedated as well. Uh, let's see, the plot, okay, we're gonna, we're switching gears here, Just folks. a little bit, we'll get uh, to right. it. Pl plot of the Pol Polar Express, like, uh... All right, there's this little girl, uh, there's, or this little boy who has a sister who's excited for Santa. He doesn't believe in Santa. And, uh, so when, uh, you know, that night, uh, he looks out his window and looks, uh, and sees on the street of his road, uh, a freaking train. Okay. And he goes on it and, uh, there's a bunch of kids, one of, one of which, oddly enough, is voiced by Eddie Deason. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, and, and then uh, hijinks ensue. There's a there's a sad kid who's sitting in the caboose. Uh, oh no! And uh, yeah, let's see. Um, then they Tom Hanks seen. gives everyone hot chocolate, and there's a big dance number. And then there's these hicks driving the train, and they're driving the train on on ice, and then. Uh, there's caribou. I don't know what the hell is happening in this movie. Okay, I, uh, that sounds great. So at the end, uh, we get a cameo uh, by Leonard Skinner. That's going to be the group. You think that Leonard Skinner? Uh, the estate. The estate. Uh, you know, I don't want to go too dark with you know something like, like all right, we'll we'll bring. Actually, I don't know who would be a dark singing group to have in the end of the Polar Express. Uh, hmm. I guess Karen Carpenter. No, we'll do, uh... Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> Men without hats. What are they doing? S-S-S-S-A-A-A-A. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, that, that would be... Yeah, that would be... A, or Devo. <laughs> yeah, Devo, I think, would be the weirdest one of the bunch. Like, the funny thing is, I think around that time that the Polar Express came out, I think Aerosmith, um... Probably had uh, Don't Want to Miss a Thing yeah. uh, as like one of their more recent hits and Just Push Play was like one of their more recent albums that came out. So it was like, okay. And uh, Don't Want to Miss a Thing was, uh, I think, uh, the the big hit song from uh, what was Armageddon. It? Armageddon. And uh, so they're like, all right, they're, they're still close enough that we can feature them as... Like uh, as a more current you know group yeah. and everything like that. That's that's uh, we can have in our in our movie. Uh, but Devo would just be like, man, what the hell have they done recently? Yeah, it, I I think I got it. Go ahead. Like uh, uh, Tom Petty. Okay. I like he he's the la like he's a good singer, but not a big uh, let's have a big celebration party music singer. Yeah. It's like yeah, all right. It's already if you love me. Oh, uh, okay. Alright. Who who brought uh Tom it's Petty Elf? So right if you don't. Uh. <laughs> you know, if we're now is it actually Aerosmith, um 
or is it is are they just elves that look like Aerosmith? Like has Aerosmith Aerosmith been transformed into elves? Is that what they're implying? The the it, it was not addressed. All all they were were elves that looked like one whom looked like Steven Tyler. Uh, I, I forget if he was on a giant unicycle or not. Uh, to, in order to reach the microphone, You're just lying. <laughs> I, and uh, and yeah, I, I don't know if it was uh, a Steven Tyler, you know, an elf that looked like Steven Tyler, or Steven Tyler became an elf. Because there are two different, two different explanations that I can think of, um, and both of them have kind of like dark implications to it. All right. Like the first one is that there, you know, it's not as dark, but that there's an elf version of everybody. All Every right. human has an elf version. That's which, weird. Which, yeah, which is kind of weird. Like, um, like there's an elf version of me and a, an elf version of you. Yeah. And was it us with elves? Yeah. Just like we, they just look like us only they're smaller and they're slaves, <laughs> you know? And it's like, Oh, that, that's kind of, it's almost like an us yeah, oh, I that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's literally, yeah. yeah, that's literally why I just... I, I thought you, I didn't realize you're talking about the movie, so... What, is it Us with Elves? Like, uh, sure, yeah. But no. So it's either Us with Elves, or that Aerosmith are really elves, and every now and again when they do human appearances, the Santa Claus transforms them into humans so that they can go on tour, but they really come back and they're just, uh, again... Slaves to Santa Claus. I, I want to say that uh, they're 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 elves, and when they go and perform, it's three elves in a trench coat. <laughs> or oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's it. Or um, they did something bad, and Santa turned them into elves. Like what? Like usually, if you're bad, you get a you get a lump of coal. Like what did Aerosmith do that was so bad that they're they're now permanently enslaved in the North Pole? Alright guys, this is Santa Claus uh, speaking now. Okay. Okay guys, now you guys have a lot of good hits. Um, just do me a favor and don't tour on Christmas. That's kind of my thing, going from place to place on Christmas. No Christmas tours and we'll be alright. Up yours, Santa! Yeah! Fellas, do you know how powerful my reach is? Go up your nose with a rubber hose, Santa. <laughs> Aerosmith had a brief cameo on <laughs> Welcome Back, Cotter. Fellas, you're really trying old St. Nick's patience. And it's not finite. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, uh, up yours with a twirling lawnmower, Santa. I. This is the season of forgiveness, and I am being quite forgiving. Considering the circumstances here. Hey Santa, what's that on your on your shirt? What? Boop! Oh <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know why I chose a gun sound effect. So I guess it, the shrink ray it, or the elf ray is you know infused with bullets. Okay, so I was actually thinking more that he waves his hand and like yeah. you know like like Santa's a wizard now. Of course. And just zoop, and they just kind of zap there. But if he has an elf ray, that also has a lot more implications than... Like, he just... Uh, does he just carry it in his pocket? I, I guess. That that also implies that there's really no such thing as elves. Nope. And all the people who work in the North Pole have crossed Santa Claus in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's see. It, hmm. Who, who would have crossed... I guess Scrooge. 
<laughs> so Scrooge, this is how he gets to live Christmas after Christmas. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. I, <laughs> I that, that that is a funny thing though. There is no Santa Claus in uh, the Scrooge films. Yeah, or the, the Scrooge story rather. One of the most famous uh, Christmas stories, um, and a, a a version that gets uh, redone again and again and again. Yeah has really no Santa Claus in it. Maybe Santa Claus is just one of those ghosts of Christmas present that escaped. He's a ghost of Christmas presents. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, he he was the, the ghost of Christmas present for some other guy, and then, okay. like, uh, maybe it was, like, like, some really bad person, like Vlad Tepish. And, like, trying to teach him the, the meaning of Christmas, and he just uh, did what he always does and impaled him on a, on a spike. And, you know, Christmas present was like, you know what? Nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> so, and pulls himself off and goes to the North Pole. And his year never ends. And, yeah, okay. So, I like this, and, uh... But at this point, because... He found his way out of this this trap of being in Christmas present. Yeah. And to him, Christmas present is, is eternal. Um, but as time passes, he's still getting older and older and older, which well, is why the beard... Well, the, the Christmas present was supposed to end, like, that Christmas. Yeah. And he dies off, only for a new Christmas present to be mm -hmm. born, I presume. Yeah. But yeah, he that's why he's always so old, he, he... is... He got out at the right moment. And, you know, I guess Vlad Tepish, uh, yeah, I guess he, uh, somehow, uh, somehow got that power as well and became Dracula. Hmm. So now it's in, in a mortal fight, like, Vlad Tepish, maybe if Vlad Tepish kills the ghost of uh, Christmas present who became Santa Claus, yeah. he loses his immortality. Yeah. As long as that present is still around, Dracula can live forever. Yeah, that's why you can kill other vampires, but Dracula always seems to come back. Yeah, he's a, he's basically immortal again and again. It's weird to think that the other side of the coin of Santa Claus is Dracula. So we have someone who, Santa Claus is like, like, basically the embodiment of good, yeah. and Dracula is the embodiment of evil. The, Dracula is the Joker to Santa's Batman. <laughs> and, uh, and the weird thing is, he is the one- Santa is the one thing that Dracula wants to kill above all else, yeah. but he knows that by killing him, he is killing himself. Yeah, and, like, there, there are ways he wants to get around it, like maybe, uh, burying him in concrete. <laughs> or something along those lines where he'll stay alive, if you could call it living. But, uh, you know, he'll be out of his way. See, I have an idea to sweeten the pot a little bit. Uh, go on. Um, so, yeah, for maybe the first couple hundred years, uh, Dracula was all about the killing and the blood drinking. Yeah. Because, you know, he's like, ah, yeah, yeah, doing what I love. But after a while, he's like, I want to, I want to, the killing's fun, but I got to find a way to stay alive forever. Uh -huh. So I can kill that bastard Santa Claus <laughs> and be done with this. So he's... Uh, like, one of his big things is he is looking for, like, the, uh, uh, the, the tree of life, or he's looking for, like, the philosopher's stone, so that he can, like, stay alive forever. I imagine he's like, Eh, hey, so you're looking to kill the claws, are you? As the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I want to be the big holiday where everyone gets the presents. Hmm. I think you and I can, you know, do- Now, we can come to some kind of agreement. 
Now, I I like to imagine that, yeah, he wants to get the Philosopher's Stone so he can kill Santa Claus okay. without uh, dying. Um, but Santa Claus, he has the Philosopher's Stone because to him, it's just another toy. <laughs> <laughs> And like so, he has control of it. So, uh, like, like, was was Santa doing with the Philosopher's Stone? He's keeping it from Dracula. That's it. I mean, he he knows what will happen if Drac gets it. Was he just gonna flood the economy? <laughs> For life? Of uh, well, I guess gold. Like, uh, I guess. <laughs> like he knows that. Um, yeah. Also, I guess it makes sense in that regard. Like, you know, if if gold, if I control the. Uh, you know, if I control the, the flow of gold, then my Christmas presents will be that much more powerful. So Santa Claus maybe is a little corrupt now. <laughs> well, it's like the uh, the gold version, was it? The De Beers uh, Corporation that's hoarding all oh, the yeah. diamonds? <laughs> They're like, you know what? If I can control the flow of gold, then it will be Christmas all year long. For Santa. <laughs> and the emaciated elves, like in Aerosmith, they're trying to find a way out, so, um... Like, he, he has them, like, you know, when it's not Christmas and they're not making toys, they're down in the lead mines <laughs> getting lead. So he can make more gold. Make more gold. <laughs> like, you know what? We... We have to find, like, they they rise up, they strike against him, and they leave the front door open for uh, for Dracula to come in. <laughs> they and invite him? It, they do it, I can because I, I'm mixing a plot of something I've already started thinking of, but okay. they invite him on Christmas Eve, where it is 24 hours of night in the North Pole. Hmm. And so he can, you know, Dracula can come in and basically... Do it as you know, have the whole day to find this philosopher's stone. Now, does he come down the chimney? Hmm. Comes up the sewers. Well, that's the opposite of the chimney. Well, he actually has to come in through the front door, and, and oh. uh, he has to trick. They always have to trick Santa into letting him in. Yeah, was well, he dresses Mrs. Claus? I think that he dresses as. Uh, hmm. How would he trick the big guy to letting him in? Because he knows everyone. Mm hmm. It's like, I do not- I don't recognize you. He's just wearing a mustache. <laughs> hmm. I know everyone on this planet, and I don't know you. Therefore, come on in. <laughs> Actually, I, I like to believe that Santa Claus- You see, I- I want yeah. it to almost be like the heat scene when they're at the- When they're in the, the diner. You know? Oh, yeah. Now, Dracula's on the other side of the door, trying to, you know, trick Santa and letting him in. Santa is on the other side of the door, inside, and he knows that it's Dracula, who, and he knows he wants to come in, and he knows why. Or, or better yet, is there, like, some kind of meeting ground, like the Continental in, uh, John Wick, where all these, uh, all these imaginary, uh, people kind of, kind of, uh, it's just, just, just kind of hang out, but no one's allowed to kill. It's the, it's the, uh, the island of misfit toys. <laughs> <laughs> they get, they get the, and all the toys are like serving them drinks and everything. Nobody wants a Charlie with a gun. Okay, yeah, get out of here. Get oh. out of here. Now it's like, you know, the Easter Bunny's looking to make a, you know, move his turf in. Yeah. On the, on the North Pole, um, we have uh, Hanukkah Hank. He's, uh, actually, I don't think there's a, there's a I don't think guy. there is a Hanukkah guy. Uh, Futurama has the Hanukkah zombie, but that, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's canon. The, uh... Tooth Fairy. Yeah, the Tooth Fairy. I, I imagine the Easter Bunny is the one to, uh, uh, to, to actually conduct business on, uh, 
sacred grounds, I guess is killed, I guess by God. I guess God owns a hotel. <laughs> so, like, they, they're all, they're all together, like, meeting yeah. up, talking about their different, uh, things, and they arrange, like, a sit-in between Dracula and Santa Claus so they can have a conversation without the fear of, you know, neutral ground. Yeah. And, uh... So what is it that you want? Oh, I think you know what I want. I want to kill you. They're not gonna happen. But first, I think I'll toy with you first. <sighs> okay. Look, I'm very busy. Get it? Toy with yeah, you. Yeah, I get it. Look, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a pun. You see? Yeah, I've been here a lot longer than you have. So, <laughs> oh, really? Hmm. You're the present for my Christmas present. You're a new guy. Mm -hmm. I've been around for years before I met you. I'm infinite. <laughs> You're uh, the only one of your kind, Kringle. Yeah, actually, I do. I do not know who came first, uh, Saint Nick or Vlad Tepish. But it would it would be an they're, interesting. They're around the same time. Like it would be an interesting, like you know, a, a, you know, a hero and villain. Actually, <laughs> and the fact that Santa's corrupt means that there's really no good guy yeah. in this story. You know, there's just various uh, varying degrees of villainy. Like, do you think do you think Santa pays off like Congress? So they're uh, so so they. Uh, like they they don't explore the no the North Pole and they say Santa's fake, and you know when NORAD's tracking Santa, it's actually real. Yeah, they're they're keeping track on. Yeah, him. They, they oh they have the missiles on him, you know, <laughs> tracking him the whole time. If if he does something make, suspicious, they're gonna make him powder. Make one wrong move, Santa. But you know, they don't realize that Santa can't be killed by those yeah, means. Like if uh, if they launch a missile at him, he's probably just going to use his time powers to freeze time <laughs> and go somewhere else. Like, oh, I have a little uh, arrangement. Well, uh, so how are the festivities going, gentlemen? Wait, uh, is that Ronald Reagan? Yeah, Ronald Reagan. He's uh, you know, he's at the uh, this um, this continental thing. He's talking with. Uh, you know, with with like we're gentlemen, we don't need a, we don't need any kind of hostilities. We've all been uh, in, in living in our own places. Or, or better yet, it's like, uh, you know, I imagine uh, Dracula's like, oh yeah, well I got the government after you, and he's like, oh really? Uh, that you know, does this guy look familiar? <laughs> and he changes. He, well, I don't think anyone's gonna be coming after old Saint Nick anytime soon. Well played. Well played, good sir. When was the, uh, when was the last time you got involved in politics there, uh, Tepish? Maybe, uh, 12th century? Yeah. Yeah, I, I put a lot of people on spikes. Yeah. That was, was kind of my thing. Uh, we, I'm not allowed to do that anymore because of all the PC stuff, but, yeah. uh, you think you're the only one to have influences in politics? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well met. <laughs> the two Reagans. <laughs> That's why, like, during his administration, there was the, the uh, you know, gung-ho Reagan and the kind of weird Reagan <laughs> towards the end. Like, the funny thing is, like, I thought I saw myself on, in a press conference when I was in China. <laughs> like, Sue... Which one of us took the bullet? <laughs> Ooh, it doesn't matter. That was the, uh, the third Reagan. <laughs> Get over here. I don't know which one to shoot. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Oh, oh, you got me. <laughs> but which one did I get? Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so now here's the question. Yeah. Like, who wins in this thing in the very end? Like, does Santa Claus come triumphant over uh, Dracula, or does Dracula find a way to beat Santa? Uh, I imagine it's some kind of stalemate, where. Uh, I imagine uh, Dracula is only, can only come out at night now, mm -hmm. and uh, Santa Claus is uh, trapped in the North Pole except for Christmas. Don't worry about that. Okay, that's like when the uh, well, because he's a ghost of Christmas present. That's when his yeah. that's when he is allowed to roam free in the world again without fear yeah. of dying. Or does he die every year? No, he's a, he's the only one who escaped. That's he's immortal. Right, that's right. But if he's trapped outside the North Pole uh, when Christmas ends, he will die. It, okay, and it, it's just like hit, like it's base. Like hit, 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 the North Pole is like the only place he's allowed to survive. Yeah. And Wonder who draws the line. Who who made that, uh, that yeah, kind of thing? Congress. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's why I'm trying to extend the uh, <laughs> the powers of America to the North Pole. I, I am trying to uh, institute term limits for that Congress, <laughs> but it's not helping. And uh, so I imagine that if Dracula were to set a trap for him, yeah. it would be like a glue trap, like or uh, oh, 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 oh no, this isn't good. I, I uh, need to get back to the North Pole. I, I imagine he. he like he has Mrs. Claus across the line. <laughs> You'll have to come outside to Claus in order to get her. <laughs> you think she's the first Mrs. Claus? Oh, oh she's about to... <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> so imagine that it ends with... I'll just build another Mrs. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> the elves have gotten quite good at it. This time I want her to look like Goldie Horn. ho, 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 ho. Okay. You're sick. <laughs> so now I imagine that in order, like, at the very end of this, uh, Santa Claus and Dracula, they meet on a battlefield to duke mm. it out. And Santa Claus, and they just hold each other until those first rays of sunlight shine down, just disintegrating both of them into nothing. Uh, I, I imagine, I, I want to say it's uh, the only place they can fight where it is neutral ground is like the North Pole on Mars. <laughs> and it, it's a ferocious battle uh, that, you know, if if Mars had continents, it would shift continents. And uh, it, at the end, they just end up adrift in space forever. Just waiting for the... Uh, waiting to reach the sun again so that yeah. they can both die. Yep. Like, unfortunately... Uh, uh, unfortunately, with uh, you're gonna hate it, but uh, unfortunately, with uh, with the Martian atmosphere, it scatters the particle, the light particles, <laughs> the wrong way, and it doesn't kill them. So, I imagine that they leap off, you know, into space again. Yeah. And uh, to hope to reach the sun, but unfortunately, like they go the wrong way. <laughs> And now they're floating like any hour for like millions and millions of years before they come across another star to die. They're they're tidally locked to the shadow of Jupiter. <laughs> oh, God, you gotta be kidding me. They have to work together in order to find a way out of this so they can die. And, and they're swimming in zero gravity for millions of years. It's like, all right, hold on a second. 
He puts his uh, Santa Claus puts his finger to his nose to <laughs> gives a little wingle, uh, yeah. wingle, uh, wingle. Jingle. <laughs> Hold on tight. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Just explodes. Uh, what, you betrayed me, Claus. Uh, what, what was your idea? What was he putting his finger to his nose to do? To fly away. <laughs> I, I imagine. A, a comet comes around as Rudolph, or, or Comet. Yeah, no. <laughs> a comet and Rudolph. Yeah. Or Haley's Comet. Yeah. <laughs> or just, I don't know. Well, uh, but reindeer can't fly in space. These can. They're magic. No. They're, they're magic. Well, they're robots. They, they can fly anywhere. Hold on a second. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's not that is a that is an obscure reference. So everyone here who likes Mystery Science Theater three thousand and likes the Santa Claus episode, where I guess Santa Claus fights the devil, so it's not too far from our yeah. idea. Yeah, um, that's where that's from. So go watch it if you haven't. It's you know it's funny. I guess this is a very seasonal discussion we have. At least oh, it's, yeah. oh yeah, Christmas is around the corner. Yeah, at least it's not Halloween and we're talking about Santa Claus again yeah. like last time. <laughs> like yeah, Santa Claus usually comes up during our horror movies. Yeah, and this time he actually came up during a uh, a kids movie. Yeah, and you know, uh, about immunity. You know the funny thing is, like. Although it is a ridiculous concept to have Santa Claus fight Dracula, yeah. and the reason being that he's one of the ghosts of Christmas presents, like, there is almost a backwards logic to it. Yeah. And it really, like, also why he can go out on Christmas Day is because it's, like, a free time for him. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I hate to say it, but if this was a movie, I would watch this movie, and I would enjoy it. Yeah, I would too. You know, you know what it is? It's like if Dan Aykroyd wrote the lore behind Santa Claus yeah. like he did the the uh the Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters. like how, like his Lovecraftian uh like yeah if Dan Aykroyd wrote Lovecraftian Santa Claus like I um I I, I hesitate to say this but I almost want to see anime get into the Santa Claus business like there's got to mm. be a Santa Claus anime out there, right? You would think so. There's a there's an anime about everything else. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. And this isn't really anime, but uh, right. <laughs> uh, like you know, but if if Batman can fight Dracula, yeah, why can't Santa Claus? And the way we're doing it with continent shifting, uh, you know, on, in space, like this just seems like something that would be an anime movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then you could have Santa fight other people, like Santa Claus versus the Predator. Santa Claus, I mean, we're on Mars. Santa Claus versus the Martians. I guess. Versus, <laughs> I guess, uh, he already conquered them. Yeah, it was an easy, it was an easy battle for him. Yeah, I guess you just have to give the Martians toys. <laughs> Santa Claus versus, I mean, Predator's fine. Uh, I want to see him fight uh, the, the Russian. <laughs> no, not... <laughs> Not that Russian, I mean the Rocky Russian. Oh, okay. <laughs> I must break you. Ho, 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 motherfucker. And then, uh, Santa Claus versus Godzilla. Hmm. Uh, I guess they're, I guess they're both, well, Godzilla's not immortal, he's died before. Oh, yeah, but he, I, I guess he's, like, biologically immortal, like how a giant tortoise is. <laughs> and he looks up at, uh, Godzilla, Godzilla looks down at him. Give me your best shot. 
that's the, the fire breath. I, I want Santa Claus to cross his arms like Ultraman and grow. <laughs> he has he has a Godzilla <laughs> yeah. scream. Of course he does. <laughs> he punches Godzilla right in the face. I, I want like a, I want him to have like a, a jet jaguar theme. <laughs> Santa, Santa Claus, Santa Claus. No, 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 Santa Claus. And, uh, yeah, that w I would watch the shit out of that movie. Now, let's be honest here. If they did that, there has to be a scene where, you know, Godzilla blows his fire breath. Yeah. Uh, and hits Santa dead in the face, and he turns around and his beard's on fire, and he just, you mean, like... You mean his atomic breath? Yeah, I'm sorry. And he just, you know, just squeezes his beard to extinguish it, just... I imagine he rips it off. He just rips the beard off, and he just has like, uh, he just has a uh, action action guy stubble. See, uh, I don't want to see him rip the whole beard off. I wanted to see him rip it off and leave almost like a uh, a like, Sean Connery beard. Yeah, like it were like yeah, a little uh, like just a little like almost like a goat beard or something like All that. Right. You know, just a little just a little one. He ties his hair up and puts on sunglasses. <laughs> takes off his hat and. Uh, yeah, he's just an action star now. I know who's gonna play Santa Claus. Okay, let's hear it. Sam Elliott. Hmm. Sam Elliott is Santa Claus. I know Sam Elliott's a little bit on the scrawny side, but uh, you can put some pillows under that. Like, cause I imagine he blows his uh, he blows the you know the Santa suit off a little bit. You know, yeah. his arms are exposed and they're big rippling muscly <laughs> arms to keep you safe at night. <laughs> <laughs> So it can't. I'm not gonna say Sam. Uh, Sam Elliott. Oh, that's a shame. All I right. Like, I like Sam Elliott. I really do. Um, and it, uh, it's better than what I thought you said at first, which was Sam Neill. Uh. Um, <laughs> even better. I mean, that's a good. That's a good Santa Claus, Sam yeah. Elliott. But I'm thinking, uh, if we're gonna go the muscly route, yeah. uh, maybe Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. He'd be, he'd be an all right Santa Claus. Uh, I guess. No. Uh, okay. Well, I think we can find a better one. All right. Uh, you're gonna ha you're gonna have a Sean Aston. You're gonna have a tough what like, from from the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna have a, a tough time sell you know selling me anyone other than Sam Elliott. You know, you know what? I was on the right track with it. maybe not Sean Aston from the Goonies, but maybe Brand. Hmm. Maybe um, uh, what's Josh Logan or Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin. Hmm, he would, because he was Thanos. Yeah, and he, and, like, when he has the, uh, I think I've seen him in westerns, uh, what was it, uh, Jonah Hex. Yeah. Uh, where he's kind of got that, um, that, that bearded kind of quality to him. I, I want to be Josh Brolin from, uh, No Country for Old Men. Okay. <laughs> yes. I, I, I can get behind that. Hey, that, that is a good meeting in the middle. Like, I, I still would prefer, uh... A, 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 uh, a Sam Elliott, but uh, Josh yeah. Brolin is a good, uh, you know, a good, good silver medal. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> yes, I think we can agree with that. So, uh, on that note, um, Osmosis, Osmosis Jones. Jones. That's what it was. Uh, not bad. Like, uh, the subject matter has not aged well in the least. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say, uh, like a, a movie that got a bad reputation for really no reason. Yeah, I I think I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed myself do it uh, during it, and um, 
it did kind of predict the future, I guess, in some ways, uh, which which is unfortunate. But uh, I do recommend this. I'm going to say check it out because if you've never seen Osmosis Jones, you're probably thinking it's one thing and it's not. It's actually somewhat imaginative and clever. Yeah. A lot of stupid body puns, but they wear on you after a while and you start laughing. Mm -hmm. So uh, give it a watch. Yes. And uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, toodaloo. That'll hold a little SOBs. <laughs>